It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to talk about the lead story around the NBA, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder agreeing to part ways with head coach Billy Donovan as the team will now search for their fourth head coach since moving to Oklahoma City. We're also going to get into Dennis Schroeder and him being robbed of the Sixth Man of the Year award and also what names can replace Billy Donovan. And at the end of the show, we'll talk about the trade rumors that are kind of bubbling over right now about Chris Paul being moved to Milwaukee or Philadelphia and some other names that could be in the mix. But we start with that big story, and that is Billy Donovan not coming back next year as the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And you can join the conversation on the phone by leaving the show a voicemail at 405-362-7128. Our first voicemail episode came out on Tuesday, and you could join the conversation at 405-362-7128 to let me know what you think about Billy Donovan not returning as the Thunder head coach, and whenever they make a hire, you can call back in and say what you think about the new hire. Uh, so we start with just the the process as a whole. How did the Thunder get here? And I've said all along that this postseason had no bearing on if Billy Donovan was your coach next year or not. And in fact, I've I've always said the ball is in Donovan's court. Does Donovan want to be here for a rebuild? Because it's pretty clear that Sam Presti likes Billy Donovan. It's pretty clear this organization values Billy Donovan. And all along, we've known... Uh, the success in the postseason or lack thereof uh, is not relevant when you're talking about who the next coach will be. It's about how can they develop young talent because for three, you know, for two, three, four years here, that's all that matters in Oklahoma City is developing young talent. And like myself, Sam Presti did think that that Billy Donovan could do that. Uh, and Billy Donovan was looking at the situation like, well, why would I want to lose? Why would I want to go through a tank? And part of that's because. He's already been in Oklahoma City since 2016, and and coaches don't last that long. I mean, here's a guy that you're asking to last in the same organization from 2016 uh, through now, and then until, what, 2024, 2026, uh, without getting fired 
and uprooted for the next guy who you're going to bring in. And this is kind of where this hiring process is going to be weird for Oklahoma City because unless you just hit it out of the park and get some phenomenal name, uh, this is likely going to be a stopgap hire. This is likely going to be your P.J. Carlos Samoa hire. This is going to be someone who you know you're going to supersede when you want this team to succeed with the next Scott Brooks or, or a young guy like you did with P.J. Carlos Samoa and, and Scott Brooks together. So it makes it a hard process for Oklahoma City because I think everyone knows this is a stopgap hire. And Billy Donovan wanted no part of that. He knew, as I've said all along, He's not the coach when this team is playing competitive basketball again. He is not the coach when this team is in the postseason again. So he has two options. Number one is staying in the NBA. You've seen already that Philadelphia is interested in him. You've seen already that um, Chicago is interested in him. And maybe even New Orleans can get involved and be interested in Billy Donovan. So he has some interest at the NBA level. And if the NBA doesn't work out, he has a Hall of Fame coaching career at college. So why would he sign up to lose in Oklahoma City? And not only sign up to lose, but basically sign up to be booted out once this team is finally done losing. Because that's what's probably going to happen to this coach, whoever they hire. So, for Billy Donovan's standpoint, it makes all the sense in the world why he would not want to come back. And he made this decision. Sam Presti wanted him. Sam Presti called it disappointing that the organization could not figure out a way to keep Billy Donovan. Uh, But for Donovan, he made the best business decision, and I applaud him for that. I really do. Uh, And... I understand why some fans might be excited about this news. And if this team was going to compete again and try to go to the postseason again and try to make some noise in that postseason again, uh, you should be excited because he's not a very good postseason coach. However, as I've said all along, he's not going to try to compete for the postseason next year. Sam Presti isn't. This organization is not going to be in the postseason next year. They're not going to be contending for at least two or three or four years. So it comes down to... Whoever your coach is next year, whether it's Billy Dunham or someone else, he has to be able to manage talent and develop talent. And and you're going to need to look at guys who can start doing that and filling that role. And they thought Donovan could do that. I thought Donovan could do that. But again, from a business standpoint, it makes the most sense for Donovan to leave Oklahoma City and to move on somewhere else and, and to go to a place where he can try to compete, whether that's at the college ranks or whether that's at the NBA ranks. Now, if I'm an NBA team, personally, if I had dreams of competing, if I had a window like the 76ers, I'm not calling on Billy Donovan. I think that the 76ers fit would be a bit odd. I mean, we saw how he did not manage Westbrook and George and Mello and, and KD well. Those superstars tend to roll over Billy Donovan, and Simmons and Embiid are not the most coachable tandem. Uh, they, they don't have uh, the best reputation from coaches and from each other. Uh, they, they don't even love playing for each other and with each other. Uh, it doesn't seem like anyway from the outside looking in. So I don't know if the hire fits with the Sixers. Now, with the Bulls, who's another team interested in him, I think that the Bulls are right there where he would feel comfortable with Donovan Wood going to Chicago, waiting out these next one or two years and, and getting guys around him that he thinks he can mold and having true input on the selections in the draft and having true input on the team building in Chicago that I don't think he would have in Oklahoma City. I think that in Oklahoma City, it should be, and it totally is, the Sam Presti show. And and Sam Presti doesn't care what the coach thinks. If you agree with him, great. If not, he's still going to do his own thing, which he's earned the right to do, and he should absolutely do it that way. Uh, But I think that Donovan would feel more comfortable in Chicago where you have some pieces there. Lori Markadon in a Billy Donovan system I think could work. 
Uh, I love what White can do. I love Zach Levine and, and all that he provides, not only for the Bulls, but also maybe in a trade market. If you want to move on from him and try to get some assets back for him, uh, Mundo Carter in a Donovan system could could perform pretty well. I, I want to see what Donovan could do in Chicago. I think that that's a really good landing spot for him. And also, so is New Orleans. I think that Chicago and New Orleans, if he stays in the NBA level, is going to be the two two organizations in which he benefits from the most and can help the most. I don't think he's I don't think he's useful at all in the Sixers organization. I think he's actually would be a terrible hire for the Sixers, but I think for the Pelicans or for the for the Bulls, he'd be a fantastic hire for either one of those organizations. I really do think that. So it's all about the fit, of course, just like with the player. And when those teams get in the postseason, we'll see if he's learned his lesson that he has not learned in Oklahoma City so far and he's able to adjust and whatnot. But for those organizations You'd kind of be happy with just getting some stability and just getting some constant success, which I think that Donovan can do, especially in Chicago. I really like that Bulls fit. I'm not sure how receptive a sports town like Chicago would be to Billy Donovan. Uh, and just watching him in the postseason, they would probably not think he's a winner and this and that and everything else. But to me, the players kind of fit what he wants to do. I think that this new regime of the GM and the president of basketball operations and the front office in Chicago, I think that this new regime would allow him to have strong input in the team building to get guys that fit his offense and fit what he likes to do, his motion offense and things like that. I like that Chicago fit a lot. And again, it makes all the sense in the world for him not to want to stay in Oklahoma City. But make no mistake about this. This is not Sam Presti firing Billy Donovan. The organization is incredibly disappointed that they could not retain him. And they understand his decision, but this is totally a Billy Donovan decision. So now you shift over to, okay, Donovan left us. Donovan left Oklahoma City. And the biggest part of the Woj article is that he didn't leave because he didn't like Oklahoma City or he didn't like Sam Presti or he didn't like Shea or he didn't like something. It was nothing about the organization as a whole. It was about the organization's path and the, and the path they're taking down is going to be a rebuild by all accounts. And again, this is coming from Woj, the most trusted NBA source there is out there right now. This team is going to tank. So coming up, we're going to talk about this team and what's going to happen this offseason. Who should they go after? Who's a coaching candidate that can go higher? And what should they do? with Chris Paul and the draft picks and everything else coming up after the break. But first, I do want to tell you about our good friends over at DoorDash because DoorDash is the best app on your phone. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you have got plenty to do on your to-do list. Give yourself one lesson to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. So support your local restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants for a long time, and now they're counting on you. And while dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with the DoorDash app. The DoorDash app brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery option. With 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local restaurants and go-tos right now and even national chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, and Cheesecake Factory. 
Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, so just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurants, and your food will be left right outside your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless and keep communities operating in a safe manner. Right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees for your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONMBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees with your first order when you order on the DoorDash app and use promo code LOCKEDONMBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONMBA for $5 off your first order and no delivery fees. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So where do the Thunder go from here? What is the future of this Thunder team? What can they try to do moving forward? A loaded question. Number one, I want to reiterate, this team is going to tank, and that kind of... um, hurts the schedule of this podcast because if you remember on Thursday we were going to do uh, why this team shouldn't tank it's just a counter argument to my idea and my belief is that this team should tank which I'm glad the Thunder are doing but I did have planned for Thursday to be a show about why they shouldn't tank just that way you get the other side I know with a podcast that happens every single day and it's only me on the podcast uh, that my takes might be uh, you know more prevalent. So I wanted to present the other side and I was going to do that on Thursday, but it kind of seems irrelevant now that we've gotten the clear indication from this organization of what they're going to do moving forward. So the team is going to tank and it puts them in a weird spot for this hire because I don't think you're going to find your guy on this try. I don't think in this hiring process, you're going to find your guy that you not only want to tank with, you not only trust to develop Shea and Dorton Baisley in your draft picks, but also you trust to manage this team in the postseason and try to win this team a championship, it would be hard to do. I mean, that would be a handful of names that you would look at and think that way. So if it's not going to be someone you trust to you know manage this long term, it's going to be a stopgap guy. And who's going to sign up to be a stopgap guy? So with Sam Presti, you first have to look at San Antonio because that's an organization in which he loves, uh, and he loves to take assets from there. And Becky Hammond would be an interesting hire. I really think that uh, she should get a look. I'm not sure uh, why a lot of the times that the Spurs go with Tim Duncan uh, on nights that Pop can't coach or gets thrown out or something, they choose Tim Duncan instead of her. She has paid her dues. She would be a fantastic coach, I think, in the NBA. And this would be a good spot for her, in my opinion, uh, because you get building blocks like Shea, like Baisley, like Dort, and while this team is going to plan on losing and you are going to pile up losses, uh, this is not a team where you have no chance in, in, in any night. I mean, any night you could see Dort, Baisley, and Shea combining enough to get a win. And, and 
what I mean by that is that she wouldn't be walking into a position in which she's the first ever female head coach and she just gets dogged every single night because the team is so incompetent and they're trying to lose. It wouldn't put her in that spot. You're probably going to lose a lot more games than you win. And that's really the goal of the season. But in every game, even though you're losing, it can be competitive and it can show flashes of whatever her offense wants to be, whatever her defensive schemes want to be. And it can really help her display her coaching prowess while also getting it done for the organization and also not be put in a unwinnable spot. So for example, an unwinnable spot for Becky Hammond, I think would be going to a contender right now, just right out of the gates, go to contender because that's hard for anybody to be learning on the job. And it's no different for a a male assistant coach. Anytime you get the head coaching job from being assistant, it's a learning curve. It's a big learning curve. And Oklahoma City would foster that environment for her to handle the learning curve, show off that, hey, she can really do this. She can really coach at the NBA level and be a head coach at the NBA level. And maybe that it would be a home run hire in the sense of, okay, Becky Hammond is is your coach moving forward even when you want to succeed and contend and win a championship. So Becky Hammond, I think, would be that San Antonio hire if Sam Presti dips his hand back in that San Antonio well. Uh, I don't see Tim Duncan. I don't see anyone else on that staff being relevant in this scenario. If Sam Presti wants to go to San Antonio, it's going to be Becky Hammond, and I think that she deserves a huge opportunity. I think that she deserves multiple interviews and and really uh, a a big shot in this process. Uh, Another pipe dream scenario would be Bill Self, an Oklahoma guy, an Edmond guy, uh, and of course coaching at Kansas right now, uh, a Hall of Fame basketball coach, NCAA champion, Bill Self, perennial Big 12 champion, Bill Self, uh, was great at Edmond, was great uh, at, at Oral Roberts, was great at Oklahoma State, and is now fantastic at Kansas, and he's run into some bit of a bit of trouble on the college scene with Adidas. Uh, I think that this rumor, while I would love it as a Kansas basketball fan, I, I do want to see Bill, uh, what, what Bill Self can do at the NBA level, and I do want to see him move on to the NBA ranks at some point. I think that Bill Self is only leaving Kansas for that Spurs job. I think that that's the only job he would leave Kansas for. We've seen... Yes, he does have the Adidas scandal hanging over his head, but we've seen what Will Wade's gotten away with at LSU. It's no big deal. NCAA investigations are nothing at this point. He's fine. He will never get punished. They're not going to take Kansas out of the tournament. You think that the NCAA, after losing the entire March Madness, which is their biggest moneymaker of their entire calendar year last season, they're going to double down on that this season and not allow Kansas to compete in it? Give me a break. He's fine at Kansas, and he's not going to go to Oklahoma City. Uh, If he ever makes that jump to the NBA, which I still don't think is likely, I think it would be to the Spurs, but I would love to see him in Oklahoma City. Now, here's a wild one for you, and one that I would be – If this gets announced, I promise you we'll have an an hour-long emergency podcast, uh, and I will apologize to David Locke right now because that podcast, I will not be able to contain myself. I'll be so excited, and that is Jerry Stackhouse. Not only is Jerry Stackhouse one of my all-time favorite players, but he's a heck of a coach. And the one thing I hate about Jerry Stackhouse, again, one of my favorite players, heck of a coach, I hate that he took the Vanderbilt job. To me, that was a lateral step at best and probably a step backwards from being the G League coach of the Raptors. He had a fantastic resume built for himself with the Raptors as a G League coach, as an assistant coach with Toronto. He did a great job developing a lot of the guys you see right now playing for Toronto. Chris Boucher, Fred Van Vliet, Ogie Ananobi. A lot of those guys who have developed into stars, quote-unquote, out of nowhere 
happened because of Jerry Stackhouse. Look at Brandon Ingram, who Jerry Stackhouse took under his wing. I love Jerry Stackhouse, and I want him to be the next coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He has a proven track record of developing young talent, which is the most important thing with a bullet for this hire, is can you develop young picks? Can you develop young players, and can you help them reach their potential? He has shown, without question, he can do that. I want to see that continue for his career. And with a college season that's uncertain right now, with a athletic program like Vanderbilt, which is currently uh, in the midst of going under and, and cutting funds left and right and, and figuring out ways to undercut the athletic department at any at any turn, you could see Jerry Stackhouse want to jump ship, and it should be to Oklahoma City. I would love that hire so much. Again, not the most likely, but one that I would just absolutely love is Jerry Stackhouse. Jerry Stackhouse is a... Again, proven record with the G League and developing talent with the Raptors. Uh, a nice season in college, but got really hurt by Vanderbilt injuries. And, of course, the season did not go the way he planned at Vanderbilt, which is why I never liked that job from the start because he did not have a roster to flex his muscles as a coach anyway. So I would have preferred him to stay in the G League or assistant coaching scene in the NBA. Um, and also the AAU circuit. And we mentioned his his close connection to, to Brandon Ingram, which I would not link to Ingram coming to Oklahoma City, but rather just point to the fact that he has helped Brandon Ingram untap that potential and have helped has helped him earn that MIP award and has helped him in his career going all the way back to high school. So he's really helped Brandon Ingram a lot and Brandon Ingram attributes a lot to Jerry Stackhouse. So I would love this hire. Uh, I'd want to see it. He's got the AAU ties. He's got the G League ties. He's got the NBA assistant assistant coach experience. He's got one year in college in which, you know, there were some injury bugs with, with Vanderbilt where he did not get to do a whole lot, but still, I'm interested to see what Jerry Stackhouse can do in his career because I did think that that was a lateral move at best for him to go to Vanderbilt. So we have two legitimate names, I think. Uh, and again, Sam Presti plays close to the vest. We don't know what's legitimate and what's not legitimate yet. And especially now where these interviews, I would presume, are going to be done via Zoom and Microsoft Teams. I would doubt that we get the flight, you know, flight track guys in and and spot guys out at where was it that we saw uh, Donovan at that one time? Whenever he was, uh, you know, in the in the coach searching process, they saw Donovan at a, at a firehouse subs. I mean, we're not going to get to do that this year uh, with this coaching search because it's of of, co- of course with COVID and things like that. So it's going to be a lot harder to know who's in the mix for these for this job and what's going to happen here. Uh, but for me, it would go Jerry Stackhouse, Becky Hammond. Uh, the pipe dream would be. Bill Self, but I've already mentioned why that's not going to work out. And after the break, I'll tell you a couple more hires and we'll get into the news about Chris Paul and possibly going to Philadelphia and Milwaukee. But I do want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar because Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. You've heard me talk about Built Bars before, and now they've got six new flavors the caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake, along with apple almond crisp. They have everything you need, and it's 100% real chocolate on the outside. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, soft and easy to chew, and unlike most protein bars, it does not have the aftertaste, the chalkiness when you're biting into it, none of that. It truly tastes great, and it's great for the health-conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, and the bar is low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. It is phenomenal. 
I loved the banana bread flavor of their of their 12 original flavors. I cannot wait to get my hands on the six new flavors, including that cookies and cream bar. So it is all you need in a protein bar. Great for pre-workout, great for post-workout, and even great as a meal replacement. These bars, let me tell you, can fill you up for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Whatever you're looking to skip as a meal replacement, Built Bar has you covered. They are phenomenal. And if I could give you a pro tip, you can put these in the refrigerator and they taste fantastic. Fantastic, and they taste fantastic anyway. But I just like the refrigerator taste of it. If you want to go that route, but you absolutely should go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On and get ten dollars off that next order. Again, Locked On is your promo code to get ten dollars off your order at BillBar.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So from here with the coaching hire process, you have your, your swing, your big swings, right? And, and your big swings are going to be Becky Hammond and Jerry Stackhouse and, and people of that ilk. Okay, where you're looking at it as they're probably a stopgap hire, but if things go incredibly well, they could end up being that young coach that you want to keep around. You have your pipe dream and Bill Self, and from there, you start moving into the retread category. And here's where you're going to get that Stan Van Gundy type guy, uh, who I wouldn't necessarily like as a coach. Uh, and I would put it twofold I, with Stan Van Gundy. You could convince me to hate the hire. You could convince me to love the hire. And here's why you could convince me to love the hire, because if you're an NBA fan, you would understand why you would not like a Stan Van Gundy hire. So the reason to love it is that unlike the stops in his past, Orlando, Detroit, there is absolutely positively no way in which he would have any input in the team building process. He would not be allowed to get near a draft board. He would not be allowed to pick a guy or trade a guy. And that's really been Van Gundy's downfall in his career. It's not necessarily been the X's and O's and his execution on the court. It's been all the crap off the court. It's been trading for Blake Griffin. It's been things like that that has hurt him in his career. And Sam Presti would not allow for that to happen. Now, here's the thing. That might also rule out Stan Van Gundy for this job because he could have had the Warriors job right before Steph and Clay took off as a dynasty, but he turned that down because he wanted that t- that team control, that team building control. But is he so desperate to get back in the NBA that at this point he can reflect on himself and say, look, I'm not a good team builder, but I'm a pretty good coach. And let me go back to the NBA and work with Shea, work with Baisley, work with Dort and see where I can get from here. So in this tier, you've got the retreads. So we've got the long shots, the retreads, the pipe dreams. And Stan Van Gunny, to me, kicks off and leads off the retread category. And you're always going to throw out Mark Jackson in these conversations. You're always going to throw out guys like that. Uh, But to me, 
I really don't care about the X's and O's for this hire because I just, the more we dive into it, the more I think it's a stopgap hire and it's all about can they help develop and grow Shea, Baisley, Dort, and your 14 future first round picks as you've leaned into this whole rebuild. Again, I wanted to do a whole podcast about the opposite view of myself and I'm someone who believes firmly in this team should tank. I wanted to do the opposite of that coin on Thursday but at this point, and you can let me know on Twitter if you still want that episode, at Rylan underscore Styles, at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you still want that episode of why they should not tank, uh, we can do that still tomorrow. But for me, at this point, looking at the schedule uh, for the show, it just seems irrelevant now because literally that's the only reason why Billy Dunn is not in Oklahoma City still is because he doesn't want to tank. So why would that even be a deterrent for him unless he was told by Sam Presti, look, we're going to tank, guys. We're going to tank, so either you're with us or against us with this tank scenario, and Donovan is not for the tank. And so, to me, it would just kind of feel silly or a waste of time to present the other argument, but if you do want to hear out why people think that this team should not tank, you can let me know on Twitter, and I can still do that episode for you, as this podcast is every single day. But I wanted to end this show with the news of Chris Paul, and immediately after the Bucks got eliminated, you heard the rumors of Chris Paul to Milwaukee. You heard from rival teams that the Bucks are going to be all in on Chris Paul. And for this episode, we're already at the, we're already at the 25 minute mark of a 22 minute show. I, I don't want to get into that right now. Uh, you know, all of the different packages and what it would look like, because frankly, the packages are weird to me. That's the most weird destination you can get for Chris Paul, because what works for Chris Paul what would Sam Presti feel comfortable with taking on? What would he feel comfortable with getting in return? As we've said since May, this trade is going to net you back an asset. What do the Bucks have to offer? But if you're the Bucks, you're going to get really desperate. You just lost in five games in the second round, and you have one year left with Giannis. And you're likely going to fire Bud. So you've got one year of Giannis and one year to learn a whole new system and prove to him that system will work. And this is where it's unfair to small markets. It is completely unfair to small markets. And you can go back and say, well, that they should have just kept Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. They probably should have kept Malcolm Brogdon. That's true. That's one mistake. You can point to one single mistake that this organization made in Milwaukee. And that's worth a small market team losing a generational talent. And that's the difference. That's the gulf between L.A. and Milwaukee. Between L.A. and Oklahoma City. One mistake. You make one mistake as a small market, you're done. You're done. So I want to see how this pans out for Milwaukee. And they've got to do something. They've got to try to make a run at this last year with Giannis. Uh, To me, trading Giannis wouldn't make a lot of sense. I know this sounds weird coming from an Oklahoma City guy who watched the Thunder not trade Kevin Durant uh, and also watched him walk away for nothing. But... I will say you have to look at what the return for Giannis would be. What you can say you can say something's better than nothing, but is one year of Giannis in which you feel like this team could maybe win a championship and at that point convince him to stay? Although we just saw what Kawhi did with Toronto, would one year of possibly winning a championship be better or worse than whatever you can get back in a trade? Because why, if you're Miami or if you're a team or like Golden State, why would you trade for Giannis when you know you can just wait? six months and sign him that trade's not going to look the way it should for a player of the caliber of Giannis it's not going to look the way it should so you can't trade him so at this point you've got one year to go all in with a, probably a new coach and with 
new moving parts like Chris Paul. I don't know how a trade unfolds for Chris Paul. It, it would be interesting. It would be weird. It would be wacky. And it would leave the Thunder, I think, wanting more because I just don't see what they can package to get Chris Paul and feel like they couldn't have gotten a better offer from somewhere, from somewhere else. Uh, but when desperate teams get desperate, they do some weird things. So we'll see what Milwaukee can do moving forward. I did just want to point out how just unfair it is for small market teams that legitimately you can look at probably one mess up from, from Milwaukee and it's going to cost them a generational talent in Giannis. And you're not going to hold Giannis's failures in the postseason against him. You're going to hold the Malcolm Brogdon situation against Milwaukee. It's kind of weird. But that's the pressure that Oklahoma City is under with Shea and with whoever this next star is that you draft in the NBA draft coming up with your 14 future first-round picks. That's the pressure you operate under if you're Sam Presti. So I want to know from you, number one, what do you think about the Billy Donovan firing? or the mutually agreeing to part ways. I know he's the one who left Oklahoma City. I've said that many times this show, but it's easier to just wrap it up with just saying he's fired. So what do you think about Billy Donovan not coming back? What do you think about the Thunder and who they should hire? And where do you think that that Chris Paul can go? Philadelphia was thrown out there today, and we've had a whole podcast about Chris Paul to the Sixers. So you can go back and find that one from before the bubble and listen to it in full if you want my whole opinions on possibly having Chris Paul in Philadelphia and what that trade could look like for the Thunder. So I want to know, again, what do you think of Billy Donovan? Who's the next coach? And where do you think Chris Paul lands on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles? It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Call into the show with your thoughts on all of that. 405-362-7128. It's been a lot of fun hosting the show. This offseason is going to be absolutely insane. Emergency pods left and right with guys getting traded. And let's embrace this tank. Let's embrace losing basketball for the cost and for the sake of getting a guy like Cade Cunningham in the draft. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.